0: This is the current of American life. We get busier, we get a little bit richer, but we used to have people we talked to. We used to have friends. We used to be engaged in our marriage. We used to be present as a dad, but now we've, we've drifted to this place because this is the current of American life where we're just not there anymore. We're not present to it. And that is incredibly dangerous.
1: Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes across the nation that meet weekly for rugged outdoor workouts and a real world devotion around a fire. If you want to be a part of what we're doing, join us at men'salliancetribe.com where you can find a tribe near you or come to one of our start the fire weekends. So check us out at men'salliancetribe.com and i stay tuned for this great podcast. Welcome to the Men's Alliance Podcast. I'm Dave Mills Goose, and with me here today, we have got a really cool guest I can't wait for you guys to hear from. This is Justin Early, and Justin Early has written uh, several books, um, but a couple that we really want to focus on today just really caught my, caught my eye because of how much Justin writes about what is really the mission one of the missions of men's Alliance, and that is bringing men out of isolation. So Mm. men's Alliance, our motto is tribal, rugged, real. And each of those words stands for a problem in our world that we're working to fix. And so the first word tribal is because we're working to fix isolation. So we say tribal because we're bringing men out of isolation. Um, that's the word of our motto that we're going to focus on today. Right. And, um, And it's that tribal isolation part that Justin has written so much about. So Justin's book, I'll just introduce it for you guys today. It's called Made for People, Why We Drift into Loneliness and How to Fight for a Life of Friendship. So Justin, welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast, buddy. Thanks, Goose.
0: Honored to be here and honored that I have permission to call you Goose because that's a pretty great sign.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. So tell us. What's going on with loneliness being an epidemic in our culture? Tell, talk to us about that. What have you learned from writing your book?
0: I started working on this book a couple years ago, and in it I I write loneliness is the dangerous, most dangerous and least talked about epidemic. Fortunately, one of those things is starting to change. More and more people are starting to talk about this problem. So, and, but I don't know that everybody's starting to care about it or do anything about it yet. It's like you know, mm. talking about health epidemics. It's one thing to talk yeah. about you know, obesity or smoking or loneliness. It's another thing to think, hey, maybe I should adjust my life. But I was really interested in this topic because for me, it's a case study in how modern life is proving the Bible true. So what we're seeing in modern life is that we now know suddenly, and this is recent knowledge, that we die younger. We physically deteriorate when we don't have close community. So some of the, the the big stats are things like chronic loneliness will reduce your life expectancy to the tune of smoking 15 cigarettes a day, which is a lot, right? So it, it has a serious health impact.
1: And Holy one smokes. of the things that we're
0: seeing over the past couple years is our American life expectancy has started to decline since around 2017, which is wild. I mean, that doesn't happen. There's, there was, since the 1930s, our average life expectancy has just been sort of a, a nice, steady growth. One blip in the 1960s where we had an influenza outbreak. Now, clearly, we have something way more dangerous than the flu, uh, way, way more dangerous than sickness. And it is an internal disease, so to speak, called loneliness. And it's what happens when we isolate ourselves from each other. And I think this is particularly important for men because the statistics that are bringing the average down are what sociologists are calling deaths of despair. And it's Mm. not just that, oh, our body's deteriorating, so we're dying a little bit younger. It's no, actually, a significant amount of us, primarily men, are committing suicide, um, becoming addicted to alcohol or other drugs, And thus having, you know, deaths related to early deaths related to those causes might be opioids and it might be other mental health issues that lead to early deaths. But they are not pretty things. They're called deaths of despair. And that's kind of even a rosy way to put it. So we have some carnage under the surface that is coming because for some reason we've decided it's normal and okay to live alone in isolation. And we've got to stop because it's killing us. But I would suggest it's killing us body and soul. What the news is talking about is it's killing our bodies. Right. It's also killing our soul. And that's a, that's a bigger deal.
1: Yeah. I think when you talk about killing our soul, you know, what comes to my mind is this picture of like this dad. That's like, you ever see the movie click with Adam Sandler with the remote control about life. Yeah. And he, he fast forwards through life and like, he's, he's always there. Like he's at the dinner table for the meals, but he's just like a shell of himself. Yes. Right. He's, yes. he's, he's not like emotionally involved in, and he's physically there. And I think that's what comes to my mind. I see a lot of guys who are they're home. They're, they're sitting there, they're in the mm-hmm. living room or they're in the kitchen. They're at the dining, the dinner table or they're sitting at their kid's ball field. Yes. Right, Right. They're at the game, they're at the practice, but man, their mind is like a million miles away. They're under so much stress, so much anxiety or depression or addiction or whatever that like all they're able to do is just kind of get themselves to each event. Right.
0: That is, Goose, that's I think a really, really important point right there because most people hear the word loneliness and they do not self-identify with that because they're surrounded by other people, Right. But, what I really wish actually we had a better term or name for it, because loneliness, the way the stats talk about it, is not the condition of isolation that's actually a different condition. we call it social isolation, which is also you might unsurprised to hear very unhealthy for your body and soul yeah but but loneliness is actually the perceived subjective internal state of not being right with the relationships that you're in, or the outside world not achieving the internal ideal. As I put simply, we long for something else, but we're sitting in our current state. And that kind of loneliness, that's where I think hopefully people have an aha moment and they say, oh, really? It's just the idea of broken or foggy or missing relationships. I tell people what what I think loneliness is, particularly for modern men in the church, is being people that are busier and maybe wealthier, that used to have friends. Because Mm. this is the current of American life. We get busier, we get a little bit richer, but we used to have people we talked to. We used to have friends. We used to be engaged in our marriage. We used to be present as a dad, but now we've we've drifted to this place because this is the current of American life where we're just not there anymore. We're not present to it. And that is incredibly dangerous. And it's an abdication of your, your central call as a man, as a father, as a husband to oh, be yeah. there, to be with your wife, to be with your kids. And that's where the stat stuff is helpful. But to me, it all just, it, it points to the Bible, it points to Genesis. What we were created for was presence with God and other people. And when we drift in, in this American current into loneliness and isolation, we're surrendering the, bar- the God-given thing that we were made for, no wonder we fall apart.
1: Man, that's so true. Just hearing you say that, like people are coming to my mind, right? Mm-hmm. I've just got people that I just see them in my mind. Like, yep, that guy, he used to have a lot of friends. Yep. He got, he got really comfortable. He got, he has plenty of money. He's just retired. And like at the moment when he could have just hit the gas pedal for mm. God, for men, for any mission he would have yeah. wanted, yeah. you know, he just drifted. And That's why, right. why is this in your opinion? Why do you think this is happening? Why is this ramping up?
0: Well, let me give you some biblical backing and some, some current sociology backing, cause, but I think Great. they're colliding. Like In the first place, the, the Bible sets out in Genesis that we were made for other people such that God can look at Adam in Genesis 2 and say it's not good that you're alone. Which The yeah, first because... thing
1: God said was not good. <laughs> crazy
0: thing for God to say because God is there, which it's like picture yourself on a day with your wife and you're like, this is such a great night, except I'm so lonely. That would be very strange to her because she's there, you're there. But God is saying to Adam, I made you in such a way that you can't experience me. You can't experience all the goodness and the glory and the contentment contentment of me being with God until you experience me alongside other people. And so this is an incredibly important theological moment for all of us, because a lot of us think at the end of the day, there's this idea of like, it's just me and Jesus. And I see what people are getting at because Jesus and God are the end of all existence. They're what we're headed towards. But it's actually, it's a really important theological nuance that we head to that end alongside other people, such such Mm. that you can't really walk with Jesus the way you're made to until you walk Alongside other brothers, alongside other people towards him. And this is, you know, we could spend right. a whole podcast no, yeah. talking about this, like in throughout the story of the Bible, but yeah. we're made for that. And then the first thing that you see in the fall in Genesis 3 is relational and spiritual hiding. So when sin enters the world, Adam and Eve are hiding themselves from each other, fig leaves, and then they're hiding from God behind the bushes because when When sin comes in, our reaction is to isolate, is to hide. Okay. Think about now, let's talk about the modern current. This has always been true, right? It has always been true that when problems come, it is the natural human response, particularly the natural male response, to say, I'm I'm going to cover that up, I'm going to hide that. But right now, it is probably way easier to hide than it ever has been, right? Right. All you got to do is swipe this direction on your browser window and you're completely alone. Or all you got to do is you know you can do a secret account or a fake name and have that chat with somebody. You can have your own private hidden life. And these things drive us away from God. Excuse me. These things drive us away from God. They drive us away from our families. And it's so easy to hide behind the fig leaves in the bushes. And so we have a current in American life that is pushing us into being busier people, being wealthier people, being people who are just always on their technology. And like you talked about the guy, you know, hitting retirement, there are exit ramps everywhere, you know, like in your, in your twenties, like you can just start to to check out and say, oh, college was great. Or the military was great. Or high school was great. I had good friends there, but, but now I'm just, I'm alone. Or, you know, that early stage of kids where it gets hard in your early thirties and just be like, yeah. oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna check out. Or middle age crisis, the mental health stuff that starts to happen through your 30s and your 40s, and I'm gonna check out. There are so many ways to start to check out. But the call of the Bible is, is to say, no, I was made to be known by God fully, to be known by other people fully, and yet to be loved anyway. And that's what I call in the book covenant friendship. It's this idea that you find people who like Jesus, know you completely, but stick around and love you anyway. And that is a radical thing. That's a radical thing for men to do. And it's, it's, it
1: it will change your life. Yeah. You know, most men, they don't have anybody in the world that knows Mm -hmm. everything about them. Right. Right. Like knows all your dirt. And that's a, that's a very radical thing. And, you know, I've experienced this with several men in my life. Who I've shared all the dirt with, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and that's a that's a very cool thing um, when that happens when you're open and honest because I think you know outside of Men's Alliance I've only seen one other place um, in our world in our American culture where people are like a hundred percent radically honest. I want to guess everybody what it in is. the room. What is it? Guess. Alcoholics Anonymous. You nailed it. Nailed it. That's right. Any <laughs> any 12 step, you go to a 12 yes. step recovery program. Um, and it's that's why it's so powerful. That's why people exactly. find it so Exactly, right. so attractive, so compelling, so powerful. Yes. Um and once you've experienced that, once you've been in a AA a group or any kind of 12 step recovery program group, you can't go back to the status quo right small group right the 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 model that most churches <laughs> offer of like we're going to meet in this person's living room and go through this book chapter by chapter once you've experienced a a recovery group you can't mm-hmm. go to that because you're like y'all are all being fake right y'all are right. all pretending that that the biggest problem going on in your life is your great aunt's toe surgery, right? <laughs> and even by making that your prayer request, you're you're implying that that's the best, the biggest, mm-hmm. best thing you got going on. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's a big part of what Men's Alliance has going. Is other than AA, we're it, man. You want to go to get some radical dudes sitting around the tire, the fire, yeah, talking about their struggles with alcohol, mm-hmm. their struggles with pornography, their affairs. They're kids that don't talk to them. I just all the stuff that's real life. Yes, because right? that's, that's it's real. real life.
0: It's what happens to you. In re- that's right. And I'm guessing so the tribal part is coming out of isolation of the tribe. The real part has to be something that's right. like that, right? That's well, the
1: vulnerable part.
0: Right. What, what What's the rugged part in the middle?
1: Uh, comfort zones. Um, being in a society that's too comfortable, both physically. Comfortable and spiritually. That's right. You know, nobody wants to get out of their comfort zone, physically or spiritually. I don't want to get off my couch, and I don't want to go talk to this person. Right. Right. And so we're getting out of isolation, out of our comfort zones, and away from our facades.
0: This is it's. I mean, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's primal. It's what we were made for. It's biblical, because this is when I say the word covenant friendship. That what what I am talking about is somebody who knows you fully, which means you've been honest, okay? That's right. You can't be honest without going through some really hard stuff. Like It is rugged. It is difficult. It is way out of your comfort zone to actually start to tell the truth. And so that's the vulnerable part, you know, someone who knows you fully and then someone who loves you anyway, which what I mean by that is somebody who sticks around despite all your crap, despite all your mess. Um, And that implies consistency. That implies coming back. That also is hard, right? It's way easier to leave relationships than it is to stick in them. And this, that idea that, you know, we act like people in AA or in a recovery group, or we, we tell the truth and stick around with each other, that is so great. And it changes lives because it's exactly what Jesus has done for us. He yeah. is the, the God who, in John 15, says, I don't call you servants because servants don't know what their master is doing. I call you friends because I've told you everything. I've told you everything that the father has told to me. And then he says, you know, of course I'm going to lay down my life for my friends. You know, that's a true friend that sacrifices for other people. And he says, I chose you. So it's this, this twin uniting of being known and being in commitment that is you know, I would say that, you know, it makes us covenant friends or it brings us back to what we're made to be, but really it's just a way of saying, let's take the gospel of what Jesus did for us and put it in practice into relationships. And unsurprisingly, when you do that, um, you're not only doing something radical that unfortunately doesn't happen in most small groups. So it should, you know, this should be what the church looks like. The church should look way more like AA than anything else where you come and you're not, you're not accepted because you you're dressed right and you know all the words of the songs and like you're used to this process no it's because you're the one in the back of the room beating your chest saying have mercy on me a sinner right that's what the church should look like but you know when we do stuff like men's alliance or when you do stuff like what i call covenant friendship which for me and my two best friends matt and steve is just sitting on the porch every other tuesday night and telling the truth about our life you know like having yeah just sitting down and talking it's not complicated but it's I'm not going to say it's easy either because the schedule is easy. Actually being honest is, is quite hard, but that's the call.
1: Yeah, man, that's so good. And so you brought up a, a great point about how God designed us, right? And how he said we, it was not good for man to be alone. And so we've got this aspect going on of we were designed for community. You think about this, God created the whole concept, the whole structure of community. He created friendship. He created family. He created relationships, right. right? And so that's the model. He didn't have to create a world like that. That's he right. Could have created a world, you know, where we were all, um, you know, like plants, right? We're all rooted yes. in the ground in some spot and not communicating with each other. He created it for relationship. And then he uses that relationship that we understand fathers, sons, husbands, wives, he uses that as his his parables to us so that we can understand yeah. him who he is and his That's love right. for us. That's if right. he didn't set this set the framework of this universe up with fathers and sons, then we wouldn't be able to comprehend his parable of the prodigal son right. coming home and how much the father, you know welcomes him back, or we wouldn't be able to understand the concept of um, Christ as the groom and the church mm-hmm. as the bride. So I think all these relationships that have been designed from the very beginning mm-hmm. so that we can just comprehend the parables that he would use That's when he came here. That's right. That's right. You got this, everything's about relationship, Everything. I, I like. I want to push
0: on, push in on that for a second because not only is it so true, but I think it helps guys like us realize the the primary ways that we're going to serve, honor, and give glory to God. Because if we are made, as you just said, in His image, right? We're made in the image of a triune God. There's a, a multiplicity. There's a community in God, and we're made in that image. So we need. Yeah, that's a people, great point. There's community
1: right? within God. He's always been in relationship. Exactly. So we're before well, He created space, time, and matter. Uh
0: huh. And we, so we're made in the image of relationship. So unsurprisingly, we need relationship, and that's not because God lacks anything. It's actually more like what you said. He's generous. He's created us in a way that generously we we uh, need other people to understand Him well, and He gives us these gifts of relationships that help us know who he is. So the only thing I wanted to add to what you said is that means that one of the greatest ways that a man is going to glorify God is simply by being a great husband or by being a great father or by being a good friend. I mean, yes, there's a lot of other things to do about, you know, sharing the gospel and, and getting your family to church and, you know, giving and tithing and serving. the poor. There's all these things that we ought to do. Yeah. But when you act out, um, the faithfulness of a friend to somebody by showing up again at the meeting, telling the truth, hearing somebody out, you are bearing the image of God and that is, that is glorifying to him, full stop, period. Or when you show up with your kids and you are present to them, you're bearing out this image of the father-son relationship, that is glorifying to God. And I, just, I, I think that's encouraging to know that we're made for this and thus it is an act of worship when we just live like it, period.
1: Man, that is awesome. I love that. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more Justin Early and we'll hear some of his key points for overcoming this tend towards loneliness and how to get out there and how to build these friendships right after this. Men, are you looking to buy a new home? Maybe it's a vacation home, maybe a rental property, or maybe it's building your dream home. Dream home. And you need a mortgage. Well, I want to tell you about a tribesman who can help you with just that. Chris Norwood, call sign Coop from Hammer Tribe. He works at Town Bank Mortgage. He has been doing this for over 21 years. He's qualified to lend in 16 states. He can definitely help you out. Let me give you his contact info. You can go to townbankmortgage.com slash Chris Norwood, or you can call him directly at 804 439 3206. Again, this is Chris Norwood, call sign Coop. He's a Men's Alliance guy from Town Bank Mortgage who can help get you a loan for your dream home. He even helped iron buy his new house. Check him out. Welcome back to the Men's Alliance podcast here with Justin Early, author of Made for People, amongst several other books. But we're talking about Made for People, why we drift into loneliness and how to fight for a life of friendship. We're going to put this Book um, and his others in our show notes. So, Justin, let's talk a little bit about what are some key habits. Um, how do we create this lifestyle so that this is something that um, you know? First of all, I think it's good to acknowledge, like, if, if you're a guy and you're listening to this and you're like, nobody knows my deepest, darkest secrets, and I'm pretty lonely and isolated. Yeah, it's okay to acknowledge. You've got to make a major lifestyle mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Right? This is not just like a simple thing. Uh, you've got to make some big changes. So Justin, talk to us about what are some of these lifestyle changes that a guy needs to make to create the right habits.
0: Yeah, I'm really big if you've read any of my other stuff, um you'll know like I'm really big on habits because I believe the small things are the big things. And the way you create a great life and a great legacy is by repeating great moments, you know, making small decisions. So in this book, and Made for People, I talk about the arts and habits of friendship because, you know, deep relationship at the end of the day can't be as simple as a habit. There's an art to it as well that, you know, you can never master it. <clears throat> that said, most guys that I think of and talk to are at a point where a couple simple habits will start to radically change their life. So small steps are the way to start in any of this. And here's small step number one, I would just say is make a habit of showing up. Mm. Small step number one is to make a habit of showing up. This is not hard. This is, I have a whole chapter on scheduling in the book and time. And know, some of us, it's, we think we're too busy. Some of us, um, we're not motivated. This helps us with either, brings our schedule down to something appropriate or it pulls us out of the living room or off the couch. And that is whatever that group is, Men's Alliance meeting. It could be a small group. It could be an accountability group. it Could be your twelve-step recovery program. Whatever it is, you show up to it. You do, you go like that's what that's you right. do every week when it happens. You go. There aren't there's there's no excuse why you shouldn't be there. And I, of course you're tired. Of course you're busy. Of course you know something else needs to happen at home. But this is how you live a good life. By you know so one of the things that I said.
1: In. One of the things I've I've said uh, is I never feel like going to men's alliance. Right. <laughs> so good, yeah. And I'm the guy that started it. And yeah. I've been doing it for almost seven years. And I never feel like going. Right. Whether it's um a Tuesday night or a Monday night or a Saturday morning. I never want to go do that. You know, there's mm-hmm. always something that sounds much easier, much more comfortable, much more enjoyable. I would much rather yes. sleep in. I would much rather sit on the couch and watch Netflix with my wife, that would be way simpler. And I could always use the excuse, I'm busy. I could always say I'm busy. I could always say I don't feel good. Those are like, everybody's got those excuses, right? Absolutely. But here's the thing. I've never come away from a men's alliance and thought, I wish I hadn't have gone. No, that's never happened. Because every time when it's over, you're like, gum, that was so powerful. That was such a great workout. That was such an amazing devotion. I met this great dude. We had a great conversation. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and then I always think back, man, just uh, 60 minutes ago, I was barely crawling out the door, putting my shoes on. And so I've, I do feel like what you're saying, create that habit yes. of yes. it doesn't matter what you feel like. Right. Put your feelings aside. You got to show up because this is what you do. Right. Rain they, or shine. The encouragement is, there
0: is that that um, is actually relatively simple. There's a lot about relationships in life that's not, that is uh, a lot hard, more hard and complicated. But the idea of step one, you just go, you can put that on a clock, you know, your alarm goes off. It's time to go to the meeting. That's right. right. Um, but, and I think about this, you know, I, I'm a big advocate of being in the gym and I don't want to go. When the alarm goes off, you know, like, it's not, of course, I don't want to go. It's much more comfortable to stay still. But I know, just like you said, Goose, everything good is on the other side of that. I've never once yeah. finished and been like, yeah, I shouldn't have gone. I knew I shouldn't have gone. Every time I'm like, <laughs> ah, I'm glad I went. So yeah. you show up and then, and this is closely tied. Um, you speak up. The no, no, number two is you, you You make the habit of participating once you're there. And the the beauty of habits is you separate these things. And then they start to aggregate. So like, you don't have to think about, I'm going to go and sharing all my d- deepest stuff. No, habit number one is just show up, okay? Just, you know, you can go. But then once you're there, habit number two is you speak up. And so this is the idea that you you actually talk about what's going on in your life. And you, you we all got to realize for everybody, but for particularly for men, it's so easy to live life behind the fig leaves. It is mm-hmm. so easy to be silent and not to let anybody know what anger is burning in there, what depression is raging in there, what um, frustrations, anxieties, nervousness, infidelities, sins, whatever. But but look, if we believe the gospel of Jesus, that we are deeply flawed failures and yet loved by God anyway, and that we're accepted by him, then this also is a great act of worship. Like if we're all sinners, why aren't we talking like it? If we're all broken people, what do we have to hide? What have we ever gained by hiding? Everything we want is on the other side of confessing, of, con- of speaking up. And by the way, it is the way that you bond and create friendships. Nobody creates wow. great friendships by seeing how good the other person is. That's the way that right. creates celebrities or you know, admirers. And those, that's not the relationship we want. But when you talk about your failures, every other guy in the room is like, I got some of this too, actually. Can I tell you about mine? And yeah. suddenly you've got a community, suddenly you've got a tribe, suddenly you've got friendship. So yeah. showing up and speaking up, those are probably the two most important things.
1: I love that speak up. It's easy to um, you know, whether you're talking about church or the lobby of church on a Sunday over coffee or your small group or mm-hmm. or even men's alliance, it's easy to become a spectator.
0: Oh, yeah. Somebody
1: who just gets out of their car and goes and sits down and right. observes observes the event. And then gets in their car and leaves. Right. And there's nothing to be gained from that. Yeah. Right. And, it, you know, I think it was Thoreau that said most men lead lives of quiet, quiet desperation. desperation. That's right. And, you know, that to me, that's the guy who doesn't speak up. Yes. That's the guy who's just the yes. spectator. He's he's yearning for it. He's wanting it. He's even showing up maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't find whatever, the vulnerability and the courage to open his mouth and just say, "Yes, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm struggling with that.
0: Yep. But the, you know, the great thing about um, things like Men's Alliance or other programs is that when you show up in a community that's doing that, they're going to inspire you to speak up, which is one of the reasons why First Tab is just show up because vulnerability is contagious. Um, honesty is contagious. Once you start to hear it go around the room, it is. You're like, actually, yep. I want some of that too. Um, I'll give you one more piece, uh, a third habit that I think is really important, um, and this will apply to actually fatherhood and work and the rest of life too. But I would I would call this "turn it off," and that is there's um, a flood of technology in our life that is so easy just to ride that flood current into isolation, into not being present, into being totally off in whatever weird place of your mind because it's so easy not to turn it off. You can scroll your life away. It's so easy just to stay on the couch, keep flipping the channels, or keep you know, going on to whatever the algorithm thinks that you should watch next. But the habit mm. of turning your device off or putting it down is absolutely necessary to the life of relationship. I mean, literally, think about this. You cannot have relationship with other human beings until that is down, right? If you and I were talking this whole time with our, you know, phones in our hand, like we wouldn't be yeah. having a good conversation. If if this is mediating your relationship with your wife, you're not you're not working on a good marriage. If this is mediating your relationship with your child, you're not fathering right. So, that, um, now look, I I'm a business lawyer, right? I'm on my phone in my computer all the time. There are great uses for technology. But when it's time for relationship, it's time to put it down. And so for me, this crucial habits here. I turn my phone off at least an hour every day. When I get home from work, I do a last check for client emails, and then it gets turned off so that I can actually be present with my kids.
1: Um, I loved that, I- by the way, on, on your video about just turning off your phone for one hour a day. And doing it for the same hour every day. Like that's yeah, your it, hour. That, I really right. thought that was a great idea.
0: Well, and that's the, again, that's the wisdom of habit there. I mean, in order to become people who, who are able to be present, we have to be, become people who are able to turn it off and you're not going to win the battle against the smartphone unless you fight habit with habit because yeah. the programmers of that thing, you know, and there are a thousand highly put, wildly paid programmers behind that screen who mm-hmm. literally are giving hundreds of thousands of dollars in salary every year to get your attention. Okay. And they understand habit psychology. That's why they built Mm -hmm. that app the way they did. That's why they feed you the notifications the way they they do.
1: Oh, Um, yeah. So I it's so well thought out. And I'll just tell you this. Here's a funny aside about how you win the battle with smartphones. Right. So, you know, you and I were talking earlier, uh, my kids are 20, 17, 16 and 13. So we started fighting this battle a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning, I would say at the very beginning, we were winning, or at least we thought we were winning, mm-hmm. my wife and I. We were putting, I read every article, I paid for the latest app, all the, I tried to win the battle through mm-hmm. software, right? Okay. I would put time limits. I would put restrictions. I would download and install software on my kids' oh, devices interesting. Okay. so okay. that I could limit their screen time. I could limit their ability to access, um, you know, mature, explicit content. Right, right, right. I was, I was trying all this. Here's one thing I learned. This is free advice for parents. Your kids will always outsmart you. Like whatever whatever the mousetrap that the adults build, I'm telling you this from years of doing this with my kids, there is a better mousetrap that your kids will find out about. And they've consistently beat everything we've ever done to their phone. They've beat it, they can figure it out. They have found ways to change their time zones and change the clock on the settings (laughs) of their phone Back to a time before you put that on there. Like, trust me, you're not going to win, parent. That is wild. But you know how we win every time? You take their phones and you lock them in the safe. I just won. It's like you don't have to get technologically smarter and savvier and try to one-up them on everything. You know what? Just take their phone and turn it off and go put it in your gun safe. (laughs) I just won, right? And now there's family time. We don't need right. to hack into our Wi-Fi and turn their phones off, man, just pick it up and just, just go lock it up. It's, and then it's good. Yeah. And if you and, you, and we've built this rhythm, we've built this routine. Mm-hmm. If there are, they don't get them at night. We take them up in the evening. They don't get them first thing in the morning and we can do the same thing for ourselves. Yes. Right. As right. the, right. as the parents, right. Turn your phone off. So your step one was show up your step two was speak up step three, Put the phone down. I love it. And maybe you know what? Maybe you need to put your phone in your gun safe for an hour or two every night.
0: I love it. I mean, you know, and if somebody picks up the the book made for people, you'll you'll see it's 10 chapters and everyone has an art of friendship and a habit to go along with it. But I think, Goose, that those three get at the ethos of the book of, you know, starting relationships, working on them by speaking up. And then thinking about all the outside factors that are keeping you from relationship, and a lot of that is technology. And what, if, you, if you work on those three habits, the encouragement that I have is that your life will completely change. Because if we're right about this, and I think we are, because the Bible said it before we did, that you were made for people. This yeah. is, it's, it's like you've been starved and you're gonna start eating again. You have no idea how your body's gonna flourish, right? Mm, and when you start so doing good. this stuff, you got no idea how your soul is going to flourish how your family is going to flourish how your walk with jesus is going to flourish and how your kids are going to flourish i mean yeah. one of my great goals as a father of four boys is to send them out of the house knowing what friendship looks like because they watched me do it yeah. knowing what it looks so they know that's the pattern of the way a man lives i'm going to go live like that too
1: yeah man that's so good i love what you said you cannot Be in a relationship with a phone in your hand. It just it just doesn't happen when that phone's in your hand. Your relationship is on pause with whoever that person Mm -hmm. is at that moment. Mm -hmm. So I want to shift for a minute. You just gave us three great pieces of uh, advice, three great steps. I want to talk for a minute about your other book called Habits of the Household, and I love this subtitle: Practicing the Story of God in Everyday Family Rhythms. Talk to us a little bit about that and what that looks like for men in their families.
0: Yeah, I would love it if people grabbed a copy of this book because there's there's a lot in it that we won't have time to unpack here. But sure. here's the key idea. The key idea is realizing that your life is made up of a set of habits. Okay. So you've got the normal ways that you look at your phone in the morning, the normal things you listen to in the car, the normal ways you respond to your kids when they're frustrated or tired, the normal ways that you look at your wife or talk to your wife or snap at your wife when things happen. You've got you've got this incredible and incredibly complex set of, set of habits that you have no idea exists. Because the thing about habits is that we don't notice them. They're the water we swim in. Other people notice them. If I walk into any, any of your house or if you walked into my house, you would see all the things that I do He'd be like, oh, that's how he lives. But we don't notice our habits, okay? We got to wake up to the idea that our household is in such significant part formed by our habits. And Mm -hmm. much more than the things that we say to our children or the church services we take them to or the activities we send them to, they're being shaped by the way we set up the habits of the household. And this can and should be really convicting at first. It certainly was for me. And I tell the story at the beginning of the book of how I realized my household was full of what I call these liturgies of anger and impatience. And I say mm. liturgies because they're actually like patterns <laughs> of uh, that, that of like, were forming us in the worship of do what I want. Otherwise, you're going to get yelled at, you know, do, mm-hmm. do conform to what dad wants. Otherwise, I'm going to be mad. And I was realizing, oh my gosh, I've set up a monastery of frustration and busyness in my household, and that was not okay when I realized it, and everybody's got their own world of habits in their house, but what I encourage people in the book to do is to start to open your eyes to the habits that are making up your household, and then start through the grace of Jesus, start to change them, because you can look at bedtimes as a place for prayer with your kids. You can look at meal times as a place for conversation, you can look at moments of discipline, as moments of discipleship. And I could, you know, and you, I could go on, but all of these ordinary moments in the day with your wife and your child are moments where you can be shepherding them and letting Jesus shepherd you into deeper relationships with each other and deeper relationship with God. And that's the call of human yeah. life, to love God and love neighbor. And my whole point in the book is saying, if you're, not, if you're not thinking about how that's happening in the habits of your household, then you're missing the main way that it's happening.
1: You know. I have a a really good friend who he, he got rid of all social media and the reason he did it was he had this moment where he was like on social media on his phone and one of his kids was like coming up to him wanting to talk Mm -hmm. or play or something. And he, he was like being annoyed by that kid and like pushing them away. Like, hold on, be quiet. Wait a minute. While I scrolling through his phone and he, Mm -hmm. he suddenly just like, saw himself and realized what he was doing. Right. And and it shocked him to where he just got rid of all social media and I don't think he's had it for years now. And um and he's a phenomenal dad. But I think that that mindset is something that you're speaking to the these habits we create. Guys, let me just tell you. Your kids are not interrupting mm-hmm. They're not in the way of the life you're trying to live. Mm-hmm. If you feel that way, then it's your priorities that need to change. Yes. Your mission is them. That's great. Right? And whatever the other thing that you're hoping to do, I don't know what it is, watch sports on TV or play golf or something. That's the thing that needs to change, not your kids. Mm-hmm. They're your mission. They're what you're here for to shepherd them. So. I love that language you used—the liturgy of anger and mm-hmm. and what else? What did you say? Liturgies of anger and frustration. Were anger and frustration—that's a lot of
0: guys, you know. I think some people
1: absolutely. It's been it's been me, a million times. Yeah, you know, and it, it's always out of selfishness. It's when like we want the day to look like this, right. you know, and the kids trying to make it look like this. Yes. So there's that friction, right? And if we view it as an opportunity, I think like, hey. You don't have to go play with your kid, right. You get to go play you get with to, your kids right yeah and and they're gonna be gone soon, right, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know, man, I love what you're saying. Tell us a little bit more about habits of the household because I think this is a fascinating uh topic and book
0: yeah the the other thing that I probably encourage people to think about is the way this applies to your marriage life, so right in the middle, habits of the household is a book. With 10 chapters and it's all around the ordinary moments of the day right on that idea that the ordinary moments in the long run are the extraordinary moments so it's it's waking it's meal times like are you doing family dinners or sitting down for meals moments of discipline are they moments of discipleship screen time are you realizing how that's forming the family and and, and choosing it carefully not that we need to run away from screens um, at all but that we need to use them on purpose and then turn them off on purpose like we talked about and it keeps going like playtime work time. Um, at the end it's bedtimes, so there's all this stuff, conversations, but right in the middle, um, uh, is a chapter on marriage, because I believe you cannot be a good father without being a good husband. The, t- the two can't be separated. So if you're, you know, present father, but absent to your wife or, you know, cheating on your wife or, or, or yelling at your wife, or just withdrawn for your wife, this is, you, you're, you're putting on display a broken home for your kids. I mean, they're just watching what it, you know, but let's put it more positively. When you put love on display and you are working mm. on your relationship, whether or not you have fights, by the way, everyone does. Whether or not you have problems, by the way, everyone does. What you're showing is that you're the kind of guy who works on it. You stay in the fight, you show up. It's not easy, but you work on relationship. And that is the the beauty of marriage. That is the it's again like we talked about with fr- friendship, you know. That's how you imitate Jesus. You know, like obviously marriage is hard, and it shows you how much is broken in the other person. But a man who's following Jesus will show up to that difficulty day after day to, after day and say, "I'm going to try to love anyway, just like Jesus loves me anyway." And I, I put that at the center of the book because you it's. Such a big part of our legacy, how did our kids watch us love our wife and for me the, a, a big part of that is habits um and and the big one I talk about in the book is a habit of date night so what, yeah. which is not complicated you know it's not like we're going out to a nice Italian restaurant every week, but yeah. every Wednesday night, my wife and I are stopping whatever else we're doing, and we're just finding each other and mm-hmm. and maybe it, it might be just. Relaxing and watching a movie together, it might be um, talking, sitting on the front porch and talking, or it might be getting a babysitter and going out for drinks or dinner or something. But whatever it is, we know that moment of the week we're going to find each other because otherwise, goose, as we know, the current of life is just going to take us. I mean, we'll become we'll become like daycare workers who used to have a dating relationship. We ha- like we mm-hmm. happen to co- cohabitate and we take care of kids together, but yeah, that, that's not marriage. Um, and yeah. Part of I think working on this incredible covenant we call marriage is a very simple habit of saying, "When do we actually spend time together?" And you call it date night, you call it your Friday morning walk, whatever you call it. Find time together because that's how you work on pushing deeper into that relationship instead of letting the normal thing happen, and that is that it just slowly grows old and cold
1: That's right, you know, I love how you've used some of the language of the current, right, and if we're yeah, carried by right. the current. Um, I do a a lot of relationship coaching and I use similar wording and, and there's so much overlap here. And I tell guys all the time, everything you want in life, everything you want in your relationships is upstream of where Mm -hmm. you currently are. Yep. Right. And if you relax, you got to swim to get there. If you relax and you do nothing, you are going to drift downstream and you will get further from all your goals. Like everything we want with our wife, with our kids, with our relationship with God, with our friendships with other men, everything we want mm. takes effort. It takes showing up, speaking up, putting the phone down, being real, being vulnerable. Um, it takes all that. And all that's all that's harder than watching Netflix. You bet. Right. And it's
0: so way it's more like rugged. you gotta swim upstream.
1: You got to swim upstream for whatever you want. Right. And, and uh, man, I'm so glad that you brought up the date your wife. Right. And that's something that we do a lot of talking about and encouraging about in, in men's Alliance. I think one of our, one of our most popular podcasts is called who's dating your wife. And, um, and, and so guys, I'll just tell you, you know, like Justin just said, you gotta be dating your wife. There's no workaround for that. There's no other alternative. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. do it, but like you said, it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, you know, my wife and I we get in a lot of dates for lunch lunch dates, yeah, right yeah middle of the week. Hey, Love let's it. meet for lunch today, right? That doesn't have to just be for colleagues right you can right. You can have right. a lunch date. you can go on a a walk around your neighborhood yeah. you can have happy hour on your back porch yes you know what matters is that you're you're not on your phone right there what matters is that there you you've put your phone away and you're you're talking and you're connecting and not just right. about not just about logistic roommate talk about yep. the car yep. needs an oil change and we're out of milk that doesn't count
0: right that's all right. good and
1: important but that doesn't count <laughs> yes right right we're talking, right. you gotta, you gotta be talking about your hopes and dreams and plans and ideas Yeah. and, and getting it all that good stuff that makes you who you are and and mm-hmm. you've got to get her sharing that. And it's that emotional connection that makes a yeah. relationship. That's right. I tell people to
0: be a student of her, be a student of your wife, like oh, I study, like that. study her, try to figure out if she's anxious, why is she anxious? And why should you care about it? Or like, if she... You know, if she keeps bringing this back up over and over again, she wants this done over and over again, you don't get it. Well, figure out why, you know, mm-hmm. study her because she is the most gorgeous and complicated thing that you'll ever be given. And it is your job to figure out every facet that you can. Um, And that is one of the ways, you know, we dive into the relationship. Instead of saying this is too hard, this is too complicated, I'm out. You know, be a student
1: of her. Oh, man, I love that. That's so good. Justin, we could we could uh you know talk for hours easily right and 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 we'll definitely have you back on the podcast again and let's let's continue this conversation on another episode in the future because I love what your your message is for men for families for Christian households um you you've done such a great job of writing about this stuff so guys I want to encourage you get get a copy of made for people Um, talking about getting out of isolation and, Mm -hmm. and friendships, get a copy of habits of the household, um, about, you know, creating these everyday family rhythms in your home. We're going to link both of these in our show notes. And, uh, Justin want to invite you to come out to a men's Alliance tribe. I need to make it. I
0: want to hit the tire with a sledgehammer or whatever you guys are doing. That sounds great.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And bring, bring your brother. Yes, Yes, sir. (laughs) <laughs> I can't do. He's hey, over man, in the office
0: right there right now. Oh, me. awesome.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person. Hopefully we get you and your brother to a tribe meeting and uh, love what you guys are doing. Um, you know, you're making impact in our community, in in our world through, your, through your, your work and your writing. So appreciate what you're doing. Keep it up, brother. And uh, look forward to seeing you around the fire. Thanks, Goose. God bless what y'all are doing. You keep it up, too. So that was another great podcast. Super excited to uh, introduce you guys to Justin Early and tell you about some of his books that can really sharpen us to be the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be. So check out those books. Also, guys, I want to tell you, Men's Alliance has 58 fires burning every week. Every week we build 58 fires right now. And fires number 59 and 60 are coming any day now. By the time this podcast is out, they are probably already have been built. I'm excited to tell you about what God is doing in Texas, where we're about to launch our third Texas tribe. We've got one north of Dallas, one south of Dallas, coming up Burleson, Texas, just south of Fort Worth. We're so pumped about God spreading the Men's Alliance fire into Texas, and I know it's about to just go nuts all over the state. And that is really exciting. Also, Oregon. We've got Columbia tribe in Hermiston, Oregon. And then just a little ways downstream, we're about to launch Portland, Oregon, a brand new tribe. So we are spreading, God is spreading the men's Alliance fire in Texas, in Oregon, in South Dakota, and all over. Guys, this is not possible without support. Men's Alliance is a grassroots organization. We don't have massive uh, sponsorship um, from, from big companies or anything like that. Guys, this is, this is just a handful of dudes that started this in Richmond, Virginia, and God is spreading it right. North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and, and it's just going, going, we need your support. Right? So I'm not, being bashful about asking for it, we want this to become the most impactful men's ministry in the nation. And I believe it has the power, it has the capability to do just that. But please go check out our website, mensAlliancetribe.com, click on Support, and you can give us just 20 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month from everybody in Men's Alliance will change this world it will be amazing it does not require you know thousands of dollars uh, from from one guy it requires 20 bucks from a 1000 guys right so that's our goal is 100% participation from tribesmen right if you are in men's alliance in any way shape or form through one of our experiences through our podcast or through our tribes we need you to help us row this ship we need everybody rowing together to continue changing men's lives and changing their families' lives. Some of our best spokespeople for Men's Alliance are wives who have seen their husband transformed. You can check that video out also on our website. It's on our about us page. Wives of Men's Alliance is a powerful video talking about how Men's Alliance has changed families by getting those men out of isolation out of their comfort zones and into something real. So please support us, check out our website, register for an upcoming event. If you're out there listening to this and want to be more involved, come to one of our start the fire events. If you've already done that, or if you've been in a tribe, we can't wait to get you into our carry the fire event coming up in 2024. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be epic guys. I love being a part of a ministry that's changing lives. And I want you to join me in this mission, right? We have a chance through Men's Alliance to change our country for the better. Hope you'll join me. Check out our website. See you guys around the fire soon. Thanks for listening to the Men's Alliance podcast. We hope to see you in one of our tribes or at one of our unforgettable weekend experiences. So join us at Men's Alliance Tribe dot com.